Hello everybody, welcome back. CCT Choose Chalk Talk, episode 28. It has been a wild and topsy-turvy year. Week 8 of the season has concluded. Week 9 is upon us. As always, just want to thank anybody for tuning in, coming back, sticking with this community and family, coming in whether you're a hardcore fanatic or just dipping your toe in the water of the wild world of college football. So thank you as always, everyone, for tuning in. Another week. Let's jump right in. So, we'll talk about some of our games and some of the scores from last weekend. We have the Clemson-Syracuse game. This game was in Death Valley. Big game of two undefeated teams. Clemson defeated the Orange. 27-21. They moved to 8-0. Ranked number 5 in the nation. Syracuse falls to 6-1. They are 16th in the nation. I watched the full game. Clemson looked good at points, but DJ Ukulele did struggle overall. Going to some stats here. Clemson had 450 total yards, Syracuse 269. Clemson had 157 passing yards, Syracuse 145. Clemson had 293 rushing yards versus Syracuse's 124. So that's the big discrepancy there. Towards the middle end of the game, Clemson decided to enforce their will and run over Syracuse. Clemson did have four turnovers. Cuse only had one. So again, very lucky, valiant effort to come back and win that game. Especially with the minus three in the turnover department. DJ Ukulele, like I said, struggled. Was 13 of 21 passing, 138 yards, two interceptions. He also had a fumble. He had a total of three turnovers in the game. He was benched. And Cade Klubnik, highly recruited freshman, came in. Was 2 of 4 passing for 19 yards. Again, they kind of just decided to take the ball out of his hands, ease him in. He made some good throws. Again, only two that were completed. And um, they just gave the Shipley to workhorse. Shipley was 27 rushes for 172 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a fumble. His first fumble ever in that game. That was the fourth turnover for Clemson. Again, DJ did not look good. Sloppy, overthrowing, missing wide open receivers, bad interceptions, and a bad fumble that was recovered for a touchdown. Ran all the way back by Syracuse. And Gata, their wide receiver, had three receptions for 50 yards. Again, like I said, after DJ was benched, Cade made a couple good throws, but they kind of just eased off and kind of just decided to run the ball after that and forced a will be. Syracuse could not stop Clemson's run game. And that's what led to their comeback. On the Q side, Schrader, the quarterback, was 17-25 passing, 145 yards, a touchdown, an interception. He also had 21 rushes for 71 yards and a touchdown. Sean Tucker, the running back, had five rushes for 54 yards. Gadsden, the second, the wide receiver, had six receptions for 86 yards. Again, wild and great start for the year to Syracuse. They were 6-0, now 6-1, their best start since 1982 or 86, something crazy like that. Hard game, you know, going to Death Valley, home environment, two undefeated teams, a wild matchup. Again, big win by the Tigers of Clemson. Next, 
Jumping into the Oklahoma State-Texas game. The Cowboys against the Longhorns. Oklahoma State came back, completed the comeback, and defeated the Longhorns 41-34. Oklahoma State improves to 6-1, ranked ninth in the nation. Texas falls to 5-3. They are unranked. Oklahoma State had a total of 535 yards. Texas, 523. Oklahoma State had 393 passing yards. Texas, 319. Oklahoma State, 142 rushing yards. Texas, 204 in the rush category. So, obviously, very similar in total yardage, but Oklahoma State had a lot more passing yards. Texas had a lot more rushing yards. Oklahoma State had two turnovers. Texas had three. Going to some stats here. Shea Sanders, again, Oklahoma State's quarterback, was 34 of 58, 391 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. He also had 11 rushes for 43 yards. Richardson, the running back, had 13 rushes for 24 yards and three tutties, three touchdowns. Green, their wide receiver, had five receptions for 133 yards and a touchdown. Shout out to him. It's one hell of a stat line. Five catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. Balled out green. That's awesome. On the Texas side of the ball here for the Longhorns, big horns down after this L. Queen Ears, the quarterback, was 19 of 49. 319 yards passing, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. A rough day for Quinn. Again, an elite quarterback talent has shown it this year. Had some rocky starts. Came back from that injury. Has looked pretty good up until yesterday. So look for him to bounce back a little bit. Again, still an elite talent. Still a great quarterback. B. John Robinson, the running back, had 24 rushes for 140 yards. And a touchdown. He also had one catch. For 41 yards and a touchdown. Again, workhorse that B. John Robinson is. One of the best running backs in college football. Shout out to him. A great stat line there, unfortunately, in the L. And then Sanders, I believe he's a tight end, had six receptions for 76 yards. Again, shout out to him there. Big win for Oklahoma State. Again, they only have one loss so far this year. They have a big game coming up. But keeping their hopes alive. Ranked in the top 10, only one loss. Texas, again, has three losses, but still a lot more competitive and better than they've been over the past couple of years. So shout out to the Longhorns a little bit there. Next, the next game I watched throughout the day on Saturday last week, the Oregon-UCLA game. The Ducks defeated the Bruins of UCLA 45-30. And honestly, the score is very deceptive there. It wasn't even that close. The Ducks improved to 6-1. They're 8th in the nation. UCLA falls, their first loss, the 6-1. They are ranked 12th in the nation. Oregon had a total of 544 total yards. UCLA, 448. It's almost a 100-yard difference. Oregon had 283 passing yards. UCLA, 262. Oregon had 261 rushing yards. UCLA had 186. Oregon had no turnovers. UCLA had 1. Honestly, this game is just a shout-out to Bo Nix. Again, he played one hell of a game. Looked great. Um, again, I still don't think he's all that. He's a good talent. I don't know if he's you know can make that next jump. He had one hell of a game, and I'll go over some stats real quick. But he just led the team and willed the team. They look good. You know, big home game for them. The only undefeated team in the Pac-12 coming in. And they showed out. And they came out with a big win. Bo Nix looked good. The defense looked good. Team overall just came to play and a big win for the Ducks. Bo Nix was 22 of 28 passing, 283 yards, 
Had five passing touchdowns. Again, five touchdown day. Like, holy cow. Hats off, Bonix. Great stat line. Eight rushes for also 51 yards. So he balled the hell out. Shout out to you, Bonix. Irving, the running back, had 19 rushes for 106 yards. A workhorse. Franklin, one of their wide receivers, had eight receptions for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Again, great, great, great performance by the Oregon Ducks. And a great win for them against the undefeated team. Now for UCLA, Dante Thompson Robinson, DTR, was 27 of 39. Passing, 262 yards, 30 air, two touchdowns. He also had an interception, but he also had eight rushes for 38 yards. Again, still a decent day for him. The interception is unfortunate, but not a, not a bad stat line for him. Again, one of the dynamic talents at all of college football. Charbonnet, the running back. Had 19 rushes for 136 yards and a touchdown. I got to see him live running the ball. The man is a unit. He's a running back, but he's like a house. Big, strong, fast, great ability. You can't tackle him with one guy or arm tackle him. He'll just break through it. And Bobo, the wide receiver, had eight receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. So shout out to the Bruins. Unfortunately, they came up short. But just a great game overall. And again, it, the scoreline, UCO only lost by 15. But at points, they, it was just out of hand, and they got a couple of late touchdowns. But again, big win by the Ducks, big statement win. So now the Pac-12 is all wide open now. Utah, Southern Cal, Oregon, UCLA are all competing neck and neck for it. But um, wide open, wide open competition right now in that conference. Who knows? Maybe a potential playoff push. We'll see. And last but not least, number seven, TCU, the Horned Frogs. Staying undefeated, defeating Kansas State. 38-28. to The Horned Frogs improve to 7-0. Kansas State falls to 5-2 on the year. TCU is ranked 7th. Kansas State is ranked 22nd in the nation. TCU had a total of 495 total yards. Kansas State had 390 total yards, so 105 more for TCU. They had 280 yards in the passing game, 215 in the rushing game. Kansas State had 232 in the passing game and 158 in the rushing game. TCU had no turnovers. Kansas State had two turnovers. Dugan, TCU's quarterback, one, one house of a man, one big, strong dude. He's a unit. You haven't seen the kid play. 17 to 26, 280 yards passing. He had three tutties. He also had 15 rushes for 13 yards. Miller, the running back, one hell of a stat line. You feed him the ball and watch him go. 29 rushes for 153 yards and two touchdowns. And Wiley, one of their wide receivers, had five receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. Kansas State, quarterback Howard was 13 to 20, 225 passing yards. Had two touchdowns and an interception. He also had nine rushes for 31 yards and a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Excuse me, Vaughn, the running back, had 12 rushes for 83 yards and a touchdown. Knowles, the wide receiver, had four receptions for 69 yards. Again, big win for TCU to stay undefeated. The only undefeated team in the in the Big 12. Again, ranked number seven in the nation. Who knows? Again, we'll try to see if they try to make a playoff push here. If you're undefeated and you win your conference championship, you have a great shot, a great shot at making the playoff, especially if you're a Power 5 team. 
So we'll see. In the Pac-12, there's none. In the ACC, there's Clemson. The SEC, there's Georgia and Tennessee, which unfortunately really isn't going to work anymore after two weekends because they're going to play each other. In the Big 12, there's TCU. In the Big 10, there's Ohio State and Michigan. But again, they're going to play the last game of the season. And that's it. That's all the conferences. So we'll see. And then you have other conferences like the AAC, you know, the Sun Belt, Mountain West, all these other different conferences. But again, just talking Power 5 primarily there. But we'll see what happens. Next, sliding into our notable L's and close W's. As James Winston says, that's a W. Let's go get that W. So we'll see what happened this past weekend here. Cincinnati, the Bearcats, defeated SMU 29-27. Close game for the Bearcats. Ranked 20th in the nation. They improved the 6-1. SMU falls 3-4. A very lowly year for SMU. They had one hell of a year last year. And recently they've been competitive. Not so good this year. One of the biggest upsets of the past weekend, Duke, the Blue Devils, defeated the U. Yes, the University of Miami, the Hurricanes, 45-21. Duke improves to 5-3, and three, and Miami falls to 3-4. and four. Mario Cristobal's first year in <laughs> Coral Gables has not been what anyone expected. Um, after, uh, I believe, one of the Duke players got a fumble or picked off Miami, Ran back for a touchdown. He took the U and he snapped it over his leg. He put up the U sign and snapped it over his knee. So, yeah, the U is just getting beat up and abused this year. So, all about the U ain't back. Trust me on that. Liberty University defeated BYU. The Christians against the Mormons, as some will say. 41-14. Liberty improves to 7-1. BYU falls to 4-4. Four and four. Next, another wild upset this past weekend. In Death Valley, in Louisiana, in the bayou, LSU defeated undefeated Old Miss 45-20. By 25 points, LSU showed out. They improved to 6-2 under Brian Kelly. Old Miss falls to 7-1. LSU is ranked 18th. Old Miss drops to 15. Big win for Brian Kelly. Again, big win. Down at Death Valley, statement win for the Tigers. They have a bye this week. With it, same with Alabama, and they play each other in Death Valley next weekend in Louisiana. Look for that game. It's going to be one hell of a war. Alabama with one loss, LSU with two. Lots of hype going into it. We'll see what happens. But big win for the Tigers this week against the Rebels of Ole Miss. Switching up some one double A football here. We have Stony Brook University. Long Island College, back home against Maine. Stony Brook got their first win of the season. They defeated Maine 28-27. One hell of a win. They improved the 1-6. Maine drops the 2-5. One of my good buddies back home, Damian Caffrey, is on the Stony Brook team. You know, just want to shout at him and the Seawolves for their first victory of the season. Good for them. Keep on trucking, boys. And, uh... Hopefully more wins come along, but just wanted to shout them out. And uh, decaf, hope you're doing well, my guy. Shout out to you. And uh, last but not least, last couple of games here. Utah played last night. I have a couple of games from last night. 
The Utes held out against Washington State. 21-17. Utah's move improves to 6 and 2. They're ranked 14th in the nation. Washington State falls to 4 and 4. And also last night NC State improves to 6 and 2. They defeated VT by a nose, 22-21. Virginia Tech falls at 2 and 6. NC State is ranked 24th in the nation. Again, lots of upsets, lots of wild games, great storylines. Wanted to point that out there. Now, transitioning to breaking, 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 breaking news from around the college football world here. Only from the most reliable sources. People on the ground. Got camera crews and microphones everywhere. I wish. But one day, maybe. Alrighty. After the Alabama-Mississippi State game last week, Bama defeated Mississippi State 30-6. to And uh, Mississippi State scored a touchdown with like 20 seconds left in the game. But afterwards, we're not talking about the scoreline here. We have a great, great, heartfelt, you know, sportsmanship, classy story right here. And um, I've read this article, this post about Alabama and Mississippi State fans, you know, the treatment and stuff like that. So I'll start reading some of it. So Mississippi State University marching band member made a post and said that they were treated with love on campus. You know, there was some mutual trash talk, of course, but nothing too rude or vulgar, and everything was followed with a high-five or a smile. Halfway through the game, the Alabama concession staff came over with trays and trays of hot dogs for the band and the Mississippi State fans. Again, I went to the University of Alabama, so I also am biased, but just to hear something like this is great. Again, not just because I'm Alabama. I don't care where it is. Just showing this type of class, especially after a hard loss to Tennessee last week. You know, everyone getting down on Alabama. You know, the Jermaine Burton video that came out where he, you know, slapped the girl or slapped the phone out of her hand when they were storming the field. And, you know, a lot of questions to the character and integrity of people, students, players, people associated with the University of Alabama. Again, I went there. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a scumbag. I think if you talk to anybody that knew me or anyone that came on, you know, my sh- the podcast, our program here, I don't think anyone would say that about me. So don't want to get that into people's heads. Another great show of class here is from the other side of the aisle in that game. After the game, Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers, you know, he's in his nice big varsity Mississippi State jacket. After the game, he helped an elderly an elderly, elderly, excuse me, Bama, Bama, obviously University of Alabama staffer up the ramp in the stadium after the game. There's this video out where he held, you know, arm in arm with this uh, older lady and he helped her up the ramp. Shout out to, you know, Mississippi State, Starkville and the university there, big cowbell energy. Again, you just lose 30 to 6 in their home state in the Bama and you just show one hell of character in class which is amazing again i have could not express all the love and support in the words that i want to describe will rogers in that program again both sides mutually you know might not be the best year for both of them as of right now tough losses you just lost a game to that team but you still go out of your way after the game to help an elderly lady up the ramp at the stadium which is again just one hell of class and character for Will Rogers. So again, just wanted to point out that storyline there. And again, one hell 
of an example. I just wanted to share that with everybody. Also, in that game, you had a reunion on the field. So Mississippi State, their safety, Sean Preston Jr., was on the field during a play towards the end of the game. They have a video of it. He uh, made a tackle or pushed some guy out of bounds, and he turned around, and he saw his younger brother, Shaz Preston, who was a wide receiver for the University of Alabama. And he jumped up and down and went over and hugged them And when he realized they were on the field together. Again, that's a heartfelt moment. Two brothers getting to see each other play on the field, play against each other at once, which is a great storyline. So again, lots of great little interactions and stuff. You probably don't hear, probably don't get publicized as much. But I try to look for a lot of different things when I look up, you know, whether it's news you know, unfortunate circumstances, tragedies, you know, little rivalry tidbits, random stuff from around the world of college football and something like that, you know, between those two teams for this game and just the stuff going on underlying, I thought it was great. So lots of great stuff out of the Bama-Mississippi State game. Again, shout out to both those teams there. Next, a funny stat I saw, it was um, on another post that was saying, you know, if Tennessee fans are giving you a hard time, they had a list of losses since the year 2017. So obviously it's the year 2022. So it's been five years since 2017. So teams with losses, you know, 2017. Ohio State and Bama are at the top. They both had seven losses since 2017. Clemson is next with eight. UGA, the Dogs, have 10. And then Tennessee has 33. <laughs> so well, no matter who you're a fan of, if Tennessee fans are giving you shit, 33 losses in 2017. And again, that's just a funny, like, get back statement. But again, Tennessee's having one hell of a year. You know, got to give credit to the Volunteers. Got a big game this week I'll talk about in a couple minutes. And then a big game next week against the Dogs in Athens. So a big test of fortitude and to see how good they really are. They are a great team, but to see if their championship caliber, SEC championship, national championship type caliber, Hendon Hooker, the Heisman winner, then you got to prove it. You got to belly up and prove it the next couple weeks. So we'll see. All righty. After the LSU victory over Ole Miss in the locker room, I saw a video of Brian Kelly addressing his team. After the big pump up win, Brian Kelly said, October is for pretenders, and November is for contenders. And then everyone went nuts. But it's true, honestly, because. Obviously, the beginning of the year rankings matter, especially for certain teams from, you know, whether it's non-Power 5 or Power 5 conferences that try to make a push. And it matters when the college football playoff drops the rankings. But at the end of the day, the only rankings that matter is that last one. That last one after conference championship weekend, after the dust settles in December, that is the ranking that matters because that's the ranking where it decides which four teams will be in the playoffs. So, yes, again, rankings are important. Excuse me. Rankings are important. But, 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 but at the same time, it's important to know that rankings aren't everything so early because a lot happens. Right now, top couple teams, you have, you know, Georgia. You have Michigan, you have Ohio State, you have Clemson, you have Tennessee. All these teams have to play against each other. Tennessee has to play Georgia. Michigan has to play Ohio State. So the top four is going to shuffle. Five through ten is also going to shuffle of games in between there. So 
None of this is set in stone. So, to Brian Kelly's statement, October is for pretenders, November is for contenders. Because the regular season ends in November, at the end of November around Thanksgiving, and then championship weekend for conferences is the beginning of December. And that's when you make or break. November is when you make or break your push to the college football playoffs and conference championships. A wild record I wanted to go over for the Clemson Tigers here. Clemson has just set an ACC record for 38 straight home victories. They haven't lost in Death Valley since 2016. Yeah, that's one hell of a stat. Dabo Sweeney and the boys. Again, Clemson probably plays, uh, you know, Bishop Sycamore prep and all those schools. Now, to be serious, it's one hell of an accomplishment. Shout out to the Tigers. 38 straight home victories. Haven't lost at home in six years. Again, that's outrageous. Shout out to them. Obviously, Dabo Sweeney has created a great program, a national brand, one of the best teams in college football at Clemson, two national championships since 2016 as well. So not too shabby there for Dabo and the Tigers. Uh, One hell of a record there. Continuing with the Clemson-ness here. After the victory, Clemson defeating Syracuse last weekend, Sean Tucker, Syracuse's running back, star running back, tweeted out, you know, I'm just um, cliff notes here. He tweeted out that he was not pleased with the outcome. You know, going to focus on getting win and winning out the rest of the season. He's pleased with his performance, listed his stat line, but he said there's more that he could do. And at the end, he said, hashtag pleased. But the funny thing is pleased is he put... For the E and the A, he put number three and four. So it's hashtag or pound sign or number sign, however you word it, PL34SED. So KJ Henry, Clemson star defensive player, clapped back and kind of trolled Sean Tucker. And he stated in a tweet, Cliff Notes version here, I am hashtag pleased with our performance. And then he put, like, the praying hands, and he put in parentheses, well, only in the second half, then the laughing emoji, and then hashtag successful Sunday. So, again, a little back and forth between two competitors there. Sean Tucker had a decent stat line. I think they could have given him the ball more, and he could have done better. But, again, Syracuse's offensive line looked good at points, but I think at the end of the game, they kind of just got worn down, and they were just trying to pass the ball more. And that's when Clemson's defensive line made some big hits on straight to their quarterback. So, a little bit of a ticky-tacky between the two players, but great game between the two of them. So, respect there. Alrighty. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, in Knoxville, you have Tennessee versus Kentucky. I'm going to talk more about this game in a little bit. But, a little background information here. It's a There's going to be blackout in Knoxville. Tennessee will be rocking all black uniforms, black helmets. It's a must-see. I saw a concept of it the other day. Wild wild night in Knoxville. After defeating Bama two weeks ago and having, you know, the year that they're having, the blackouts will be on display. Now, Tennessee has scored 30-plus points in 10 straight games, which is the longest streak in their program history. But on the contrary, on the other hand, Kentucky has allowed 24 or fewer points in 11 straight games, which is the longest active streak in FBS football. As we know, 
Kentucky, the more recent years, has been pretty competitive. Their defense has been stout. Their offense, on the other hand, has been okay. Not high prolific, high scoring, but solid. But their defense has been the workhorse of that team. So you have one of the best defenses versus probably the best offense in college football. And lots of streaks and records on the line here in Knoxville. Going more into that game a little later. But just wanted to give everyone a little taste of that knowledge. Next, a quote by the illustrious Lane Kiffin here. So, their former defensive coordinator is now at Texas A&M. So, he was at Ole Miss last year. You know, had a great year with them. Ole Miss was still decent last year. It wasn't like they were a bunch of chumps. But now, he's with Texas A&M. And the guy's name, let me pull it up here. He is... DJ Durkin, for those of you that care. And Lane Kiffin came out and said that we tried to keep him. He he, you know, he did a great job with the players, but we got outbid, which is kind of a common theme with that program, end quote. <laughs> so Lane Kiffin make a little jab at Texas AM and how they decide to go out there and um, you know, buy everything with all their oil money. But that is neither here or there. But I just thought that was funny. You know, obviously the whole spat with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher in the offseason. And, you know, a lot of repercussions and fines from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey and disciplinary actions. I just love to see other people get involved in it and have their takes on Texas A&M after that video came out of one of their recruiters showing him around and saying, you know, those people up in those suites are paying you a lot of money to come here, even though Jimbo said we don't pay any of our players. So... Love to see Lane Kiffin stir the pot a little bit. And obviously he's a little salty about losing a defensive coordinator, unfortunately. Alrighty, next. A beautiful, beautiful time for the world of football. Whether you're an NFL, a college, a high school football fan, it's a beautiful time to be alive. It's the fall. You know, summer's ending, unfortunately, but you know, people love that fall weather, pumpkin spice, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that jazz. Starting. Yesterday, October 27th, there will be live college football, which is kind of better, <laughs> which is better, and NFL football, or, and or, NFL football, on TV for 27 consecutive days. So we are going to have one hell of a run. Get your popcorn ready, as my boy Lane Kiffin would say, and mosey on up to your couch, your Friends, place, you know, bar, restaurant, wherever you go to watch your games. There's going to be a lot of watching over the next 27 days. So, everyone enjoy. Alrighty. Another funny stat. With the U.S. loss, again, the Miami Hurricanes lost to Duke the other day. They had eight turnovers in that game. I cannot tell you how or why and what history had eight turnovers. But... That is the most in a single game by a Power 5 team since 2009. So leave it to you to pull out a horrible stat from a long, long time, from 13 years ago. <laughs> Again, the U is not back, unfortunately. But eight turnovers against Duke. Mario Cristobal got to get your stuff together there. This Tuesday coming up, November 1st, will be the College Football Playoff Committee's first official rankings. So everyone get ready for Tuesday night. It's going to be a wild one. And 
There's 75 days until the national championship in LA. Again, lots of exciting things going on. The national championship soon. Again, college football rankings coming out. You know, what else could you ask for? What else? I don't know. You know, I don't know what to tell you, everybody. <laughs> but it is a great time to be alive. And I'm just looking for the official date again. I believe it's the 10th or maybe it's the 13th. Let me look. Because I talked about it in a prior episode. But I just want to get right for everyone that wants to know about the Natty this year. Or I could just Google it, but I'm going to find it. But on that note, again, like I was talking about before, these official rankings by the CFP that come out this week or so, they do mean something, and I'm not saying they don't mean anything. But just don't be too excited if you don't see where your team is. Because, again, everything's going to change. There's a lot that is going to change between now and and December. So just want to keep everyone that in mind. Okay, yes, yeah, so the Natty will be the 9th this year. I was a day off. So January 9th, Monday, January 9th, 2023. And like I reported in that episode a couple weeks ago, the game is now at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. It was moved. It was originally supposed to be at 8.20, but they moved it up to 7.30, which is great. So Monday, January 9th, 2023. It's in SoFi Stadium in L.A., Alrighty, Roo. Now we have our games of the week. Drum roll, please. All right. We are in. Let's see. We got some great games to talk about. But first, got to talk about how poorly I did on my picks this week. Another bad week for Chew. Again, not your gambling guy. That ain't me. I was three of six on picks again for second week in a row. I picked Clemson over Syracuse. That was a win. I picked Texas over Oklahoma State. They lost. I picked UCLA over Oregon. They lost. I picked Ole Miss over LSU. They lost. I picked Bama over Mississippi State. That was a win. And I picked TCU over Kansas State. That was a win as well. So, again, poor week for me. Back-to-back weeks, three and six. Hopefully, I can turn around this weekend. All righty. We have the first game I want to talk about. Ohio State, Penn State. In Happy Valley. Number two, Ohio State, who's 7-0, will be traveling again to Happy Valley. But the Penn State Nittany Lions, ranked 13th in the nation, are 6-1. And, and that will be a wideout game. Again, the wideout is one of the most electric games, one of the most electric environments in college football, no matter who Penn State hosts for that game. Again, I wish it was a night game, but it's 12 p.m. on Fox. Big noon kickoff will be there. Reggie Bush, Matt Lionheart, Urban Meyer. Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt calling the game. Very excited for this one. Playoff implications in the future for the winner. Penn State already has a loss against Michigan, but but if they upstate Ohio State, win out the rest of their games and win the Big Ten, who knows? Playoffs for them, and if Ohio State wins, look for them to keep gaining momentum for Michigan at the end of the year. I'm going to pick Ohio State in this game, even though they're on the road, the wideout game. Penn State looked very underwhelming against Michigan. And again, Michigan can throw the ball a little bit with J.J. McCarthy, but they're more of a one-dimensional running attack with those two running backs. Ohio State is an air raid, one of the best offenses in college football. We know how good that man C.J. Stroud is. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith and Jigba, all the fellows on that team. I'm going with the Buckeyes there. Next, we have Oklahoma State. On the road 
in Kansas State. Oklahoma State is six and one. They are ranked ninth in the nation. Kansas State is five and two. They are ranked twenty second in the nation. That game is on three thirty p.m. on Fox right after the Ohio State Penn State game. I'm going with Kansas State here. I'm picking the upset. Oklahoma State again had a big win last week against Texas. It was close. They're going on the road against a hard Kansas State team. You know, not a slouch. Definitely a competitive team. I'm picking Kansas State to win that game. Next, we have the great, great, biggest tailgate, biggest party, biggest drinking party in all of college football this weekend. UF, UGA, the Gators against the Dogs, Florida, Georgia weekend. UF is 4-3. and three. They are unranked. The Dogs, number one in the nation, 7-0. and oh. And again, this is a neutral site game. Hold at the Jag Stadium, TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. That is 3.30 p.m. on CBS. It's called the largest cocktail party in the world, the United States, I believe. Again, lots of drinking, lots of tailgating, lots of chomp-chomps and barking. As Jared, the head gator, we had on last year. You know, he said it's funny walking around and having just random people bark at you or old men and women barking at you as a, you know, a young kid. But um, definitely heated rivalry, even when... You know, one of the teams isn't good or they're both not good. It's still one hell of a game. They get up for it. I'm going with the dogs here. Unfortunately, UGA is just a better team this year. I think they're going to roll over Florida. I think Florida will show up, but I still don't think it'll be close at the end. I'm going with the dogs here. Next, Michigan State, Michigan. The Spartans are 3-4. and four. They'll be traveling to the big house. Face Michigan, who is 7-0. and oh. They're ranked fourth in the nation. That game is 7.30 p.m. on ABC. The Big House will be rocking for that night game. I'm taking the Wolverines here. Again, Spartans have had a rough year, 3-4. and four. We haven't shown me much of what I've seen of them this year. Michigan with that running attack. It's going to come down to them and Ohio State at the end of the year like it did last year for the Big Ten. I'm taking the Wolverines here at home over Michigan State. Next, Kentucky, Tennessee. Wildcats to Kentucky. 19th in the nation are 5 and 2. They will be traveling to Knoxville. Face number 3 Tennessee, who's 7 and 0. That game is night game. Again, like I said, blackout jerseys for Tennessee. 7 p.m. on ESPN and DirecTV 206. Like I mentioned before, one of the best offenses and defenses, lots of records. Tennessee has scored 30 plus in 10 straight games which is the best in program history. Kentucky has allowed 24 or less in 11 straight games, which is the FBS active record right now. So we'll see who wins again. I think Tennessee at home jacked up Neyland Stadium. I'm going with the Volunteers here. That offense in Hendon Hooker is no joke, high prolific. I don't think Kentucky's going to be able to compete scoring-wise. I think their defense will make stops, but their offense is going to be able to compete with the firepower of Tennessee. I'm going the Volunteers there. Last but not least, college game day game. We have Southern U in the HBCUs here in FCS football. We have Southern U, Southern University versus Jackson State University. College game day will be there in Jackson State. It is 2 p.m. on ESPN3 or Jackson State University Sports Network. Southern U is 5-2. Jackson State is 7-0. Southern U is first in the SWAC West. 
Jackson State is first in the SWAC East. The SWAC stands for Southwestern Athletic Conference, for those who do not know. Again, FCS football here, HBC Universities. It's great to see game day back. This is the first time they're an HCBU game since 2008. Again, historically black colleges and universities. This rivalry has also been called the Boombox Classic. And Southern University leads overall historically with 35 wins. The 30 wins in Jackson State historically. Again, looking forward to a great game here. College game, they will be there. They're already there right now, setting up. Fans are going wild. I believe the coverage starts at 9 a.m. tomorrow Eastern time. But I'm rolling Jackson State here all the way. Undefeated so far. Conference opponent, big game at home. College game day there. I'm going with Jackson State primetime. Deion Sanders and that crew. Again, they're nasty. They're a good team. Lots of talent. So I'm going with Jackson State there. So I'm rolling Ohio State over Penn State. Kansas State over Oklahoma State. UGA against UF. Michigan over Michigan State, Tennessee over Kentucky, and Jackson State over Southern University this weekend for my picks. As always, this is not your gambling ticket, so don't quote me on this. Again, appreciate all the love and support. As always, lots of stuff going on. The rankings are coming out this week. Honestly, when I might do this next episode, when the rankings come out Tuesday... I might have something along the lines of having their rankings versus my rankings, or maybe some more projections about, I already projected my final four, or did I project, I will have to look if I project, I know I predict my conference championships, I think I might have predicted my final four as well, but um, I might either decide, you know, if the rankings are right, or maybe pick my national championship and my, my winner, an outright winner, now that, you know, we're over halfway through the season now. But look forward to that, as also I've realized and I've kind of tested it out a little bit with my boy Snakeus. And don't worry, we're still working on a logo or something to update my podcast. That is definitely coming soon as well in the works. And I know I mentioned that a while ago, but that is in the works. We're workshopping ideas as we speak. And, you know, a lot of times when I have people on for my college you and college football, they come sit down with me. You know, I have my microphone set up. And we have a chat about where they went to school, et cetera, et cetera. You know, guys, how that works. But now, since, you know, I don't have the opportunity to sit down with some of all my friends who are still in college or some that are all around the country, all around the world, I've decided to test it out with Snakeus if I had a call with somebody or I had someone call in, you know, during episode, like an actual radio show or something like that, which could be cool, like a podcast. So I think I'm going to test that out either next week or in the next couple of weeks, you know, call up one of my friends. And have them, you know, do a little college, you and college football segment, but through a phone. And, you know, I test out the audio. It sounded pretty clear, pretty crisp. And again, I'll still workshop some of it. But look for that coming through the pipelines as well. Because I have plenty of friends from all over the country that I don't have access of seeing and talking to, you know, throughout the season. But, you know, I'm just trying to think of some. I have friends that are up at Buffalo. I have friends that are up at Albany. I have Ohio State. You know, throughout the nation. And just other friends who graduated from other schools that I can just reach out to and talk to. You know, Maris, South Carolina, Maryland. All these different schools just to get different views and opinions. So, I'll definitely start workshopping that. But again, I test out the quality. It sounded pretty good. 
So I think I might do that going forward. If again, if I can't have someone sit down with me in person, but um, yeah, look forward to that. Lots of things on the horizon for Choose Chalk Talk. Definitely want to keep growing, get more exposure out there, and again, you know, spread the word. Word of mouth is great, and uh, I appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, love the support, love the community we have here, and um, as always, stay safe, stay healthy. And um, appreciate everyone and looking forward for the next episode next week. And as always, peace.